Damn, I wish I had something purple. Fuck. Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we miss the Sacramento Monarchs. I'm Jordan. Haley's here. Sierra's here. Me and Sierra are wearing Sacramento Monarchs jerseys right now. It is a beautiful sight. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube so you can see this glory of throwback vintageness that's happening. Um, we're going to do a little story time today, and we're going to talk about the Monarchs, the rise and fall over 13 seasons, and uh, we're going to get into it. This episode of Spencers is brought to you by Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find top talent with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com spinsters to start hiring now. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of Spinsters is brought to you by Mendy. Mendy offers a line of safe and trusted hemp-derived CBD products, and I cannot skip out on the fact that this is a woman-owned company. You know we love that here. Now I know what you're thinking, Haley, wow, you never sound this peppy when you're doing these reads. Well, it's because I had a full night's sleep last night. Last night, I took some of Mendy's sleep tincture before bed and slept fully through the night. I made breakfast for the entire house this morning. I walked my dog for longer than usual. So yes, we are now a Mendy household. Mendy's products are all natural for pain, sleep, stress, and energy. With Mendy, you have a choice between full spectrum and no THC. Mendy is a safe, inclusive choice if you're new to CBD. And did I mention that as woman-owned? Some things are worth mentioning twice. Spinsters listeners can save 30% on their first purchase using code SPINSTERS at checkout. Yeah, the idea for this was um, we were just talking about the monarchs and I had a lot of questions. And again, we will be on vacation when this comes out. (laughs) So I'm saying again as if I know the order. Hopefully you've heard me say (laughs) on a previous episode that it's um, been recorded before. But Mm -hmm. we were thinking about things to talk about and – Jordan has a passion, obviously, being from Sacramento for the Monarchs, and mm. I don't know anything about them um, as a franchise. And this is like a common thing with the fallen, like folded uh, women's teams that, you know, before the W was what it is now. So I'm excited. Yeah. You said that you've got parts, yes, multiple there, parts for this. There's different acts. Mm. I, I broke it into three acts of um the story of the monarchs and i just have just a ton of notes so just interrupt me anytime if you have a question or if it doesn't make sense or if i'm going too fast but yeah you know growing up in sacramento the monarchs were everything to me especially as a young girl playing basketball um i would always go my friend that I played basketball with, her birthday was always opening weekend of the Monarchs, the WNBA season. So she would take all of us and we would go every year for her birthday until they folded, I feel like. Um, so let's start from the beginning. Act one, shall we? Um, <laughs> well, I hope so, we've got music there. That'd I know. Fun. Let's get some music in here. So the WNBA started in 1997. There were eight teams, which included the Sacramento Monarchs. They were one of the core teams that kicked off the league for those at home taking notes. The other teams were New York Liberty, Houston Comets, LA Sparks, Utah Stars, two Zs there. Don't forget that. Cleveland. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Question. <laughs> S-T-A-R-Z-Z. Yes. In Utah. In Utah. The team with the double st- the double Z. <clears throat> okay, maybe this is something we can look into at a different time. Something's not lining up there. Yeah, yeah. 
And so the other team, Cleveland Rockers, Charlotte Sting, and Phoenix Mercury, only three of those original teams remain. But the Utah Stars became the San Antonio Silver Stars, which are now the Las Vegas Aces. It's a little comp- it's a little complicated. That was extra credit on this. Do we think the double Z has to do with the fact that the NBA team in Utah also had a double Z? Like, was it? Yes, a- totally. Okay. I Now I feel a little bit better about that. It's still weird, but I feel... Because that was unsettling for a minute. Now Look I'm- up those jerseys. It's like, the Z I'm doesn't need to be there. We don't... We could have just did one Z. That was, that was unique enough. But anyway, the Monarchs logo, by the way, was awesome. It was like this regal stick figure queen... And her cloak was this huge purple M and she had a crown and held a basketball over her head. Just just picture that. I hope I described that with justice, but it was it was amazing. Um, to give an insight to Sacramento fandom at the time, the Kings had been in Sacramento for 12 years at this point. They hadn't made it over 500. There will be a lot of King slander in this episode. I'm just letting you know if you're a Kings fan. Maybe skip this one. I'm going in at them. Um, But in 1998, the Maloof brothers came in as owners and they bought the Kings and the Monarchs and things were looking up. The Maloof family were this like Las Vegas royalty um, from their business ventures and their two sons were running the franchise. They actually used to own the Rockets in the 80s too. So this isn't their first sports team they're coming in. Things are about to be be shaken up. That's that's what they're saying anyway. Are the um, brothers running the franchise? Yeah. Or okay, so the brothers Joe are running. Mm-hmm. Why do we know why two people from Vegas are relocating to Sacramento, or is it just that they're buying the teams there because those are like easily purchasable? It seemed like they were they were just trying to buy by the teams um they had other business ventures in vegas like i believe casinos they also had some stock in like coors beer they just had like money coming from all different angles yeah exactly these guys look real they look like they would be fun but they look deeply problematic again i know absolutely nothing about them um Mm -hmm. that's just based off literally what they look like in that picture cheering yeah Um, they were just to give you a little bit more backstory when i was doing my research they appeared in lil wayne's lollipop video because they filmed it in (laughs) vegas um that shows that shows who they are like oh look i got the maloof brothers in my video they're sports they're vegas they're hip they're cool Okay. So that that gives a little more context of who these guys are, hopefully. Okay. The Maloof. If you brothers. Google them, the like third autofill is Maloof Brothers Financial Troubles. <laughs> okay. Do we get? Is that Act Three? We get to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's Act Three. <laughs> okay. All right. Back to 1998. Um, things were looking up. For both franchises, that's when Chris Webber gets drafted to the Kings and my idol, number 21, Tisha Pinachero. <clears throat> that's the jersey I'm wearing. Um, and Yolanda Griffith gets drafted. Three future Hall of Famers. Sacramento is on an all-time high. They're like, yes, this is going to be exciting, um, especially for the Monarchs. Like, All those games were super packed at Arco Arena. It was always so fun. There was no, like, I, sometimes it felt like there was more people at Monarchs game than the Kings games. Like, it was not an issue of interest, in my opinion. People loved them. And they had a lot to cheer for. I, I wanted to give you some highlights of, in those early years, like 1997 to the early 2000s, there were some notable names that passed through who were Monarchs. Because, especially in those early days, the rosters were constantly changing. But... Some fun people pass through. Um, Pam McGee, USC mm-hmm. legend. JaVel McGee's mom, Olympian. She was on that first team. She was in that Monarchs jersey. Ruthie Bolton, who I love. Um, Olympic gold medalist, notably on that 1996 like 
dream team for that started off before the WNBA. Fun fact about her, I got to play with her in a summer league um, in Sacramento. At, she was like 50, busting my ass. She was so good <laughs> and in so, so good shape. She asked if I could be on her three-on-three team. It never happened, but it was awesome to be asked by Ruthie Bolton. So I still cherish that memory very close. Um, Heather Burge, half of the Twin Towers from Disney's double team that was based on her life. She was also a monarch. Is that the one where they make grilled cheese? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a great movie. Great Mainly, movie. I remember that there's a girl and like something's up with her family and so they make her a grilled cheese. <laughs> That's the Sparks Notes version. Yeah. yeah. They were twins. They were really good at volleyball. They got recruited to play basketball and then they ended up playing professionally because they were really good. And so she played on the Monarchs. Fun fact. Um, so through the early years, they were winning a ton. They started they started making playoff runs. Keep in mind, back then, the playoff, they were really playoff games, not really series. But um, in 1999, they went to the first Western Conference first round. 2000, yeah. What do you mean they were playoff games, not series? So in, like, the first couple seasons, they weren't – they were just, like, one game. So the Western Conference semifinals was just one game. It wasn't a best-of-three series. That didn't start until 2000. Is that all the way through? Every round is one game? Yeah. Okay. So even the finals, one game, it was it was just it's March Madness, a single game. Pretty much. Essentially. Okay. It was, like, the single elimination that just went away recently, but all the way through. So okay. in 2000, that's when they implemented the best of three series. And then I think in around 2004, they had best of three, best of three, best of five for the finals. Okay. Throughout the playoffs. Um, so in 2000, they made it to the Western Conference semis. 2001, they made it to the Western Conference finals. So they were inching up closer and closer. From 2003 to 2004, they also made the Western Conference finals. So... They were close, and as I mentioned, they were a top team pretty much since the beginning. So then in 2005, it finally happened, and that takes us to Act 2. Any questions so far? I wish I remembered any of this, but by the time I was like into basketball, they were gone. Yeah. Do you think you would have been a Monarchs fan, Sierra, based on location, Maybe. or was there a team that would have been closer? There was no team that would have been closer – I I like became like a big Warriors fan around like 2008 2010 ish time, and so I feel like that's when I would have like really been getting into the Monarchs. Yeah. Yep. You know. Had they existed. Yeah. Yep. But I went to. I used to go to like basketball camp, and they when we were older, they would name all of our teams after WNBA teams, and so like I knew the Monarchs existed for a time. Oh, okay. That's okay, cute. Cool. Yeah, that is cute. <laughs> This episode of Spencer's is brought to you by Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is the virtual interview option. That virtual interview tool means there's nothing to download. Just click and talk. With virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash spinsters to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash spinsters. Indeed.com slash spinsters. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of Spencer's is brought to you by Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. 
Find top talent with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com spinsters to start hiring now. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, so act two is called The Champs. So by 2005, the monarchs have Sacramento wrapped around their finger, myself included. It felt like everyone was a super fan of the monarchs. Don't know if that's just my very niche girls basketball circle, but um, it was everything to us. And by this time, I was in love with basketball. I was playing. I had already been to a few Monarchs games. I had my signed Tisha jersey, the same one that I'm wearing right now. Yes, this is from when I was nine years old. Um, and Kara Lawson, who was also a guard on the team, now Duke's women's head coach, was my password for everything. It was... <laughs> Including my AOL email account. Like, that's how much of a super fan I was. Does, is, I mean, you're nine, so I don't know if you really remember this or, like, if you and your parents have talked about it, but is there any sense of the kind of, uh, like, rejection that, I don't want to say this year or in past years, but definitely, like, let's go back, like, three to six years ago, right? Mm. When it's, like, that, the tone for a lot of, internet WNBA like rejection of fandom is guys being like just angry that sports center showing clips of the W and mm-hmm. obviously like the internet wasn't a factor then as much or n- at all without yeah. social media but did you sense any kind of like rejection or was it just an overall embrace I I didn't sense that. I think I was I was really young. Um, I don't even know if I I was on MySpace yet, but I definitely had a profile pic of something Monarchs related whenever I got my my MySpace. But I didn't sense any of that. It seemed like you know, especially my dad, my my all the dads of all the girls on uh, my teammates and on the teams I was playing. You know, they would rally together and take us to games or somebody's birthday party was purple themed, black and silver with monarchs. It was more of a celebration. And I get to this a little later, but just being able to have that in my hometown, like there are so many girls that don't have that, like right down the street from them in Arco Arena and seeing billboards or especially during this time they were getting they were winning they were getting super close to the finals throughout that whole season you know they only lost nine games a whole season of 2005 so they were more talked about and more celebrated and i didn't sense any backlash or any negativity maybe it probably was there just didn't see it i don't know like i asked that question because it feels like so much of it's the internet it's yeah. just like, yeah. you know, people online who are, like, coming online to be rude. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just I, – I was curious. But especially because it's a town that has another basketball team, mm-hmm. you know, in a more established league. I wasn't sure if there was a juxtaposition, juxtaposition that was felt even before the internet. But it's good to hear there wasn't. Like, I, my dad will talk about um, – I think when we were in Connecticut, I think that makes the most sense because I know that the (coughs) Liberty would have existed at this time. I don't think – I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I was going to say it, but I don't know what what year they were established. Do you? It was was early 2000s. By the time, they were probably like 04 – Okay, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. I think so. If it was 04, then no, we would have just moved to Indiana. But if it was before, then then maybe it was. But it might have been the Liberty um, about his company going to games. So, which Mm. was just interesting to me because, I mean, my dad's always been super normal about all this stuff. 
Um, we talked about that when we were talking about the mailbag, but um, he was telling me that the other day, and I was I was surprised he'd never brought it up. Shout out to my dad who, for his birthday, I just got him WNBA league pass, and he was thrilled. Nice. <sighs> he was like, "This is the best present ever." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Little do you know." Uh, it's on sale because the season's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll just auto-renew next season. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be ready. <laughs> there you go. Okay, anyway, sorry for that side side note. I was just curious. No, that's good. That's what we're here for. Um, also, to paint the picture of the time around 2005, the Kings were actually good around this time, too, lest we forget. Um, they made the playoffs every season during 1998 to 2006. But that was the last time that they were good and that it was the last time that they made the playoffs. I'm a Lakers fan. Growing up during this time, we were just coming off a three-peat. The Monarchs were winning. I was really in a sweet spot of fandom. It was a great time for little Jordan. It was amazing. Um in that 2005 season, the Monarchs added Nicole Powell, who was a sharpshooter from Stanford. Love her. Yolanda, Grif- well, Yolanda Griffith was playing out of her mind. And Tisha was doing Tisha things. They were killing it. They finished, like I mentioned, 25-9. and nine, And they're rolling, but still the Connecticut Sun. So, yeah, they were definitely around this time. Or the Houston Comets were the favorites to win it all. So, they, the Monarchs were kind of the underdogs in this, even though they had a really great record. A lot of people were still counting them out. Um, Lindsey Whalen was on that Connecticut Sun team. Cheryl Swoops was the MVP that season, leading the league in scoring for the Houston Comets. So those were definitely the top two teams that were expected to win. The Comets and the Monarchs. The Connors, the Comets and the Sun. Oh, were and the Sun. Okay. The two teams that were projected to win that season. So even the Monarchs are winning, they're getting this momentum, but it was kind of like, are they just gonna fall short again? Like they have kept falling short season after season before that. Okay. All right. Wait, so Jordan, how what was the Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, what was the merch situation back then? Like, could you walk around Sacramento and see people wearing Monarch stuff? Because, like, WNBA merch is, like, the hot button issue all the time Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. But, like, were people walking around, like, in Monarch's jerseys? You know, it was a lot of, (laughs) like, weird warm-up. That was, like, the time when the warm-up shirt was really popular and that I think we should bring was, that back. That was the merch. Like it was this awkward monarch's black shiny warm-up shirt that a lot of people did have. And it was it was the access of just having it at Arco Arena. I feel like I went to WNBA All-Star at Wintress in Chicago. I wanted a Chicago Sky jersey and they're like, "Oh, we're not we're not selling those today." I was like, Mm-mm. this is and literally they never where they really play. Have. This is where they, I bought they didn't this have jersey. Any? They didn't have any. They didn't have any. They were, were like, the, oh, we were not, we're not selling any Chicago stuff. The today. stores were open though? They were selling all-star stuff, like t-shirts and the all-star jerseys. But I was like, I wanted, I came to Chicago. I wanted a Candace Parker Chicago Sky jersey. And it was nothing. I bought this jersey at the team store at Arco Arena. There were King stuff in there, but it was like very 50-50. It was half Monarch stuff. It was King stuff. And it was the ease. I don't, I'm not going to lie to you and say I remember, you know, just walking down the street at a well, yeah, you're big nine. five. <laughs> I know. No, I remember. Going to a big five and being able to see some stuff. But it was the ease. The fact that I just bought this at the arena. Like that, what, that blew my mind when I was in Chicago and then I asked the guy I was like where's the closest I can get it and he was like oh do you live here because it's like all the way across town is that true Sierra because you're you're in Chicago most of the time yeah well at the Sky Arena there's only one merch booth during games and I used to manage the merch booth during games before we got the cool jerseys um and they would only ever have like four players jerseys at once and now I don't no, I know they only sell the like blue shattering the glass jersey, which is a cool jersey, but I don't oh, know the availability stripes. of it. 
I want the pinstripes. The pinstripes is, is cool. Is the shattering the glass like uh, meant to be something about the backboard or is it meant to be like the glass ceiling? I think it's glass ceiling. Can we just sky. stop with like everything being like symbol symbolic? For- yeah, that's exactly what it means. It's everything. <laughs> like, I'm sorry is to so- break it to you. It's for sure that. Everything the, is that in women's at sports. At WNBA All-Star, they had, um, Twitter had a suite, and you would literally go and shatter glass. Meanwhile, are you actually <laughs> doing that? Like, if you've got one jersey for sale, are you really saying, like, we're yeah. equal, we're the symbol of equality here <laughs> at WNBA All-Star, where we're locking people out of the skills competition. Like, n- if you're going to make all of these stupid, like, I'm Nancy Pelosi and I'm kneeling symbolic gestures, then ju- <laughs> just actually follow through on it. Like, the things are not equal. I, as long as you put out these sayings, like, yeah, I'm, obviously I'm all for it. I don't want a glass ceiling. But if it's going to be out there, don't just do it because it fits a name and the color blue you want like actually do things to make that happen how are you gonna have one jersey i didn't know you're manning the booth this year all these yeah things that's you oh yeah about your life. 2019 season that was all me that's cool that's and last cool. last year i managed to get myself into every sky playoff game because like half of them i was manning the merch booth oh that's perfect yeah and that's they still of- like every day they were selling out of shirts and stuff and it's not even like the sky people not being able to get it. They're like, we literally cannot get enough shirts sent to us. And it's like, yeah. They're yeah. like, hopefully, we're hoping we get for the finals. We're hoping we get some jerseys. And I was like, okay. Jesus Christ. The finals. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, the finals. Uh, That's what I wish people understood when they're like, the demand is not there. I remember I was talking to somebody. I'm going to keep this general because still a, still a friend for sure. But obviously a man. I was talking to somebody about this popular clothing line and how they only run men's sizes. And this is before I was like purposefully buying larges because it was before the pandemic when I realized all I wanted to be was comfortable in this life. And I was like, man, I wish they had women's sizes. You know, the designs are so cool, blah, blah, blah. And it's a lot of stuff that's like, you know, like boxer gear and former fighters and like vintage stuff vintage vintage basketball um and he was like well there's really just not a demand for that and I was like what do you mean I'm literally asking (laughs) if I'm asking do you think I have the unique experience of being one woman who wants this stuff or one person who wants a woman's fit in this stuff we're not unique people look on web md everybody's had the symptoms you're having before you're not unique (laughs) look on reddit literally the things that you are feeling and experiencing millions of other people have so for him to just be like there's not a demand how do you know that you don't fucking know that every time i it's the exact opposite so for people like a huge w thing you always hear is like well there's there's no demand but here Sierra is saying that they sell I've out. I've seen the demand. Yeah, you've seen it firsthand. And it's weird to think that with the monarchs um being, you know, starting in the in the what did you say, 1997? Mhm. And then going into the early aughts that they started off with that kind of I, I guess the word's equality. I don't want to like put some kind of like false um achievement on it, but they started out being super normal and just saying like, hey, the team shop that's in the arena is going to sell both <laughs> teams who play here. And that's you said just early, normal. It's so normal. And you said early odds. I very specifically remember a bedazzled, like the the skinny spaghetti strap and then a bedazzled <laughs> logo of the Monarchs that are like those really cheap <laughs> right that everybody wore and it was also really big to wear like the purple bandana you know right that was like thanks to j-lo but uh yeah that was that now was she's wearing, now she's wearing reformation dresses on her mm. honeymoon look at her what a time 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a God, the bedazzled era of like sports gear. It's interesting because some of it is so tacky. It's almost camp and I like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that we've had to fight it for so long because other things, the normal stuff isn't available. Like I'm out on bedazzled. For now. That was like your only option as like a, oh, you're a woman who likes sports? Well, of course you'd want this bedazzled spaghetti strap tank top. Which is so funny because it's like they can't <laughs> fathom a third personality, which is a sporty <laughs> girl. <laughs> There's no demand, Haley. Yeah. Just anyway, kidding. I think it's really interesting that they had both of them in the shop. But that is both, cool. But it's interesting. Them, like, if you go to yeah. a Knicks game, they definitely don't have Liberty stuff in the shop. And I'm just saying that. I have no idea. If they do, let me know. But I don't think they do. During a Liberty game, do they have Liberty and Knicks? I don't probably know. Probably not. Because the Liberty play where the Nets play. So that would be even better if the Brooklyn Nets had New York Liberty stuff. But I, I feel like I told this story before. I went to New York for the draft. It was WNBA draft weekend. Right down the street from where the draft was happening, huge four-story Nike store. They had a from ceiling to floor poster of Sabrina Inescu in her Liberty teal jersey. Basketball floor is the top floor. I go up there. I say, do you have any Liberty gear? Like pointing to Sabrina on the wall. And he was like, no, we don't. We have Are you fucking kidding me? Nothing. In the biggest Nike store. And <laughs> Nike makes the jerseys and makes all of the stuff. They had nothing. I said, you know, it's the, I had my, my orange hoodie on. I was like, you know, it's the WNBA draft. Like, where can I find? This is my story of trying to find freaking gear in any, in any, any city I go into. And he was like, yeah, you're going to have to take the subway to this, to this, and go to this store. And they might have one. You should probably call before. I was like. I'm here for another like 12 hours. I can't go on this journey to find a Liberty shirt. I just wanted a shirt at that point, not even a jersey. I can't believe that. I mean, they had the fucking poster. They what a the poster. joke. They're definitely marketing her, of course. And you know, I think about nothing. all those stores that are like, uh, you know, the stores that somehow stay in business and they're just a collection of like little girly things. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a store and you love wandering in there. And it's like some random brands spritzer and like mm-hmm. another random brands toner and another random brand. And it's like, here's a makeup box and another random. It's all these like it's a collection of like here's socks from this brand you've never heard of. And like, here's this thing from probably Etsy and blah, blah, blah. How can yeah. they figure <laughs> out how to import socks from this random small owned store in wherever and keep doing it. And that's not too expensive for them to maintain bringing these very expensive socks in here. But we can't figure out how to get one rack of Liberty stuff. One of each size. Like, give us that till it sells out. And it, I would have felt better if he said, oh, yeah, we're all sold out or or something like that. But he was like, yeah, I know. Like, this doesn't make any sense. He was on my side. But I'm like, you work here. You can make a difference. <laughs> Stand up against Stand him. up. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I can't believe that. So, okay. So, I the know. Liberty play in Barclays. Yep. They don't play in MSG. Okay. So, I am trying to think of, like, a single Nets fan that I know who I could ask. Mina kind like of there. Yeah, I don't think Mina goes to games. Mm-mm. Well, okay, Sierra, do you go to Bulls games ever? Uh, I've been to a couple Bulls games, but they don't play at the same place as the Sky. What the yeah, f- they okay. don't. Who, I, so I didn't know the that. Sky play in like DePaul's arena. Okay, sick. I'm sure that's great for them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's great for the champions. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Fucking DePaul. Okay, I'm going to try to figure this out since Barclays hosts both of them. I'm going to do some brainstorming while we go through this and figure it out. But my guess is, my thesis is that they do not have Liberty jerseys during Nets games, but that they do have Nets jerseys during Liberty's games. That's just my guess. Mm. Yeah, okay. that's a good Maybe guess. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Part three. The Sky and the Bulls. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. They're also owned by separate people. So they're like, they're complete. That's why the Sky don't have to be red and black. And they don't have to be like Bulls themed, is because 
uh, completely different owners, which is kind of nice because they got to do their own thing when they were founded. Yep. But Mets and Liberty, same owner. Right. Yes. It's, it's Joe. JoJo. Yep. It's Joe. But right. yeah, I went to a Chicago uh, Bulls game, and this was right after this guy won the championship, and they had nothing. But I didn't think about that they weren't the same owner. They don't play there. Yeah. So they got, they got a pass, but I still ask, and this is part three of the journey of trying to find. I just want a Sky jersey, please. Someone give it to me. Not yeah. having to buy it off of WNBA.com. Um, that was a great, that was a great sideline. Also about merch. Last thing I'll say. When the Monarchs won the championship in 2005, I had a replica ring. Championship ring. Don't know where I got it from. It was probably a gift. But the fact that they even made them specifically for little girls like me, it was awesome. I put Cute. it on a necklace. <laughs> I loved Aww. it so much. <laughs> okay, so last thing we were talking about was the Connecticut Sun and the Houston Comets were kind of favorites to win it all. But the Monarchs went in there and they beat the Sparks, the Comets, and the Sun to win the championship that year. And they only lost once in the whole postseason. They were on a tear. Every single game was sold out. There were so many fans in Arco Arena. It was so loud. I remember watching on TV. It was euphoric when they won. It was everything. I was so happy. Aww. So happy. Still happy. When they won, they became the first women's pro team to appear on a Wheaties box. Like, that's how big it was and how cool it was. Um, women's basketball team or women's team in general? When I looked this up, it said women's pro team in general. They didn't put the U.S. women's national soccer team on there? Maybe I, I can Or the basketball myself. team. Or the, the 1996 Olympic team. Wow. I can double check. I can double check. Don't hold me. I mean, that's great for the Monarchs, but that I guess that shouldn't surprise me. I also wonder when they started Wheaties started putting teams, when they decided it was teams. The thing I like about um they should name a jersey after this concept. The thing that I like is when um women need to make the cover of something that it's like a historic for a woman to be on the cover, or it's like, wow, it's one of five ever women to like have made this cover, like Times People of the Year, whatever. So they do, but it's always like a group of women. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like the women mm -hmm. of the year. I think it was the the um the people who uh went to trial against Bill Cosby. Like they all had to be on it. Or it was like a Me Too cover. It was a Me Too cover. But there's mm -hmm. this thing, I mean, there's probably a Wikipedia page, but it's like men on a cover is very common. One man. When it's a woman on a cover, it's usually like them in groups. Like they're like, let's just tick this off for the next 20 years. We're good because this way we've got actually 12 of them. So we featured 12 women in one year. So good for us. <laughs> I am glad that Wheaties did this. That's amazing. Do you have a box? No, I don't have a box. Let me see if I Wheaties? Can go on eBay right now. Gross cereal. Like actually the worst, <laughs> worst cereal. That's my take. Boxes, cool. You probably keep those. I love when people have vintage ones. But the cereal itself, I'm out. My question out is, do you, are you, if you've got a vintage Wheaties box, I mean, obviously you don't want to open it. So are you just like having that nasty old cereal in there? I guess when cereal goes bad, that. it just turns into dust. It's not like it gets moldy. I never thought about that. Anyway. Yeah, I guess you don't yeah, want to open it. Just really I hard. thought you just took the bag out. But yeah, that would ruin it. That would crease it. Okay, here we go. We've got a... <gasps> I'm buying this for you. It, does it exist? I wish I hadn't told you. Oh, it got sold. God damn it. It was $5. Oh! <laughs> that was going to be such deal. a good threat. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> five... Hit. Yeah. Haley has already bought me a Monarch shirt. You're on a roll. <laughs> you're really heeding to my my. I get really language. tense about birthday presents. So I know that yours is in February, but I like to plan ahead. <laughs> Haley, I found another box. one that's $1.49. Um, unopened? 
No, but it's flattened. <laughs> Still, I bet. Oh, I then she it. could frame it. Yes. Yeah. Is the shipping like $100 or something? Why is it a dollar? That's how they get you. That's how they get you. Buy it now. If it's in Sacramento, you could do a local pickup. Oh, they look so cute and they happy. Look so cute. Oh, and okay. So then the back also says "Champion Sacramento Monarchs." It's got the cool logo with the little monarch lady. She looks like a holy, like kind of entity, but the she's also a like butterfly. Shining. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah, her back. Yeah, she's cool. She reminds me of like um, I never said it out loud. Is it Maleficent? 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 That one. Yeah. She looks like that if she was like nice and cool and a good hang and mm-hmm. a butterfly as well at the same time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't read what the back says, but they're going on and on about them winning the championship and that's cool. And then you've also got the WNBA's old logo, which is so fucking cool. Oh, that. <laughs> That is so, yeah. That's just someone raising their arms. They're not even playing basketball. Look, they don't want to see them sweat. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's bad enough even they're letting them play basketball. <laughs> that is so funny. I've never Aww. seen that. They look before. adorable. Yes, and also in my my Twitter header is the Monarchs winning the championship. And when I met Tisha Penanchero at the WNBA draft. She started following me on Twitter, and that was, like, the first thing she noticed. And I was like, I did not change this specifically for you. I've had this ever since I've had a Twitter. I love the Monarchs. Bring them back. So, yeah, they won the championship. And in 2005, they had a parade at the state capitol on the steps. Everybody came out. It was awesome. And after that, like, it's not like, you know, we're we're – we're getting to the folding, but it's not like that was the peak and they just completely dropped after that. They went back to the finals the next year. They were about to go back to back in 2006, but they lost to a stacked uh, Detroit sh- shock team that had Swin Cash and Carl Malone's daughter, Cheryl Ford. So they were a really good team, but the Monarchs were still, you know, they were up there. They were in conversation Six out of the 12 years of the Monarchs' existence, they were in the playoffs. They were in the postseason. So they were really good, but the Maloof brothers thought otherwise. And that takes us to Act 3, which is the fall. Do you know, real quick before we move on, do you know if like how much, to what degree they financially supported them? Because I know that because the leagues are tied, a deal of this has to do, a good portion of this has to do with what the NBA decides. Like, mm-hmm. for example, we see now, and I'm sure it might have been a little bit different then, um, but we see now, like, the the Liberty, the owners <laughs> were, like, flying them, right, on these nice planes yeah. um, so they they could get some leg room. And the WNBA was like, ah, 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 don't do that. Whereas it's interesting, if you look overseas, it's easier to measure in soccer like when there's a joint um owner of a women's and men's team leon for example when he took that team over in 2004 or 2005 the owner was like i'm gonna pour a lot of money into the women's team and Mm -hmm. he was allowed to um and he built up wonderful facilities and there was all this like you know kind of not as closely examined pouring of money into the team and so obviously they became fantastic and like historically great and they're probably the best team ever if you just look at their statistics Mm -hmm. um but i don't know in the u.s like is there any kind of measurement of like how much they were invested versus other owners of the w at that time or was it just kind of like not as looked into as closely i'm not sure I'm not sure. I would say bringing it back to present, though, the reason why the uh, Liberty owner got in trouble is because there are limits of how much you can invest in your team now. And that's Mm -hmm. the problem. And the owners who are more wealthy are saying, we have more money. We should be able to put more money into our team. We shouldn't have to be compared to the joint 
you know, the teams that are connected to the NBA where their the allocations aren't equal. It should be different. It should be each team for themselves, kind of. But the WNBA is saying, well, that's not fair. If the Liberty is flying everywhere and, I don't know, the Connecticut Sun aren't, that's an unfair advantage. So I'm not sure if that was the same um, during that time. I don't know if when the Maloof brothers bought the Kings, they were just like, here, throwing the Monarchs there too. The, the W was just started. They were a year old. Right. So I'm not sure if there were what the percentages were. But in moving to Act 3 in 2009, when they decided to fold the team, that was right, you know, the country was in a recession. And so that's something that we have to think about. And when you are even have a, a millionaire and you have all this money and you have all these businesses and things like that, they decided that the monarch's portion of their ownership was something they wanted to cut ties with. They wanted to fold the team. Um, they wanted to go all in on the Kings, which we'll get to that later. But they on November 20th, they just kind of abruptly said we're folding it. So nobody knew, according to an ESPN article, all the employees were informed, the season ticket holders, the press all found out the same way just from a press release. All the players found out from text messages. They didn't really get their goodbye, a farewell tour like, OK, 2008 is going to be the last season. Um, I think their last home game was just <clears throat> like against the Minnesota Lynx. They won and they thought they were going to come back next year. And there was no Monarchs. They were the Maloof brothers kind of left the WNBA. Not enough time to find a new owner heading into the new season. They were like a couple weeks away from a new like releasing the schedule and having to pick the order for the 2010 draft. So they were trying to move them to the Bay Sierra. They were trying to move them to San Francisco to San Jose. No one was really interested in the Monarchs. I don't think that's specifically because of the team. I think that's more of the time and the recession. Everyone was really close to their wallets. Didn't want to probably invest in something during that time, but there, there weren't any takers. So in early December, it was official. The Monarchs had folded. Was it that there weren't any takers or they weren't even, were they asking around, you know, do you know, or was it just that they had decided, because you said that they didn't give the W time. Had they given them any time and then it just wasn't enough? When I was looking this up, looking back on articles from 2009, it there's not a, oh, we let the W know on this date and they couldn't get it through. That's kind of a secret mm. or not really known. But it does say that they were shopping it around because there were talks of trying to move it to the Bay Area. Like, okay, Sacramento's not the place, but maybe where the Warriors are playing or maybe in San Francisco, maybe in San Jose. So they were trying to keep it in the area, but there weren't any takers on those type of offers. That's what I read. Man. If they could have gotten a WNBA team in the Bay Area, that would have really changed things for me. Mm-hmm. That would have been the Bay Area loves next level. their basketball. Like that's why love it. They're talking Rabid about for it, it now. They're talking about the it Warriors now. were so bad, and we were obsessed with them. <laughs> that would have been a perfect time too. <laughs> would have been so good. Yeah, if they could have been like a good basketball team in the Bay Area. It would have been the Monarchs. Like, they're still a championship team. That's that's the thing is that 2008 season was one of their very few losing seasons the whole time that they yeah. were a franchise. And that brings me to the idea that the Maloof brothers are like, we're going all in on the Kings. Let's look at the Kings during that time, shall we? 2008-2009, the season before every they folded the monarchs the kings were 17 and 65 17 and 65 who's on that team louisville legend francisco garcia <laughs> i love him Forever brad miller bobby jackson and sheldon williams candace parker's baby daddy 
That's who they were like, we're going all in on. This is my team. 2009, 2010, they were 25 and 57. Ime Adoka was on that team. That was Tyreek Evans' rookie year, mm-hmm. which Sacramento was freaking obsessed with Tyreek Evans. So I can kind of see that. They thought that was going to go somewhere. That was Paul Westfall's first year coaching. That's who they decided to go all in on. The Monarchs, wonderful team, winning. Just got you a championship. The only professional team to win a championship in Sacramento. You fold that team. Yeah. And make Kevin Martin your most important man. Yes, Kevin Martin was on that team. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's <sighs> tough. Oh, my gosh. But that that abrupt ending, I think, is what just really made Monarchs fans angry, especially towards the Maloof brothers. There were, you know, especially Monarchs fans who were Kings fans. Um, I pulled up on YouTube. It came up in search from 12 years ago. Just this lady going on for 16 minutes about how much she hates the Maloofs. Bring the Monarchs back. How this wasn't fair. Um, And we didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Tisha, Yolanda Griffith, they were at the end of their careers. Like they would have had their jersey retired in Arco Arena. They would have had their Sue Bird farewell year for the Monarchs. We would have poured out so much support for everything that these players have done for Sacramento and we didn't get that chance and that was really sad it was really disheartening and that was the part that um just I don't know broke a lot of hearts and that's the part that's really uh, Monarchs fans are really really bitter about yeah absolutely um I a want to find that woman um yeah. But B, she I don't know. It a, just... the, the warm-up shirt. She had on a black, shiny Monarchs <laughs> warm-up shirt. I was like, yes! I'm all in on bringing those back. I think that should be the next like thing we're recycling. Yeah. The Ooh. warm-ups, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when times are tough for an individual or for, you know, who owns the team or just, like you said, we're in a recession, it's always the women's teams and leagues that go first. Of course, yeah. So I don't, I mean, it's, that's just sad. It's sad that like this, that had to be, you know, I don't want to say sacrifice because it, this current league and it's like for whatever stability you read into it having, it's not like the monarchs had to fold for this to happen. And I wish that there was some kind of plan in place to have stopped that but obviously they're not the only team that did fold um and was discarded Mm -hmm. um i think so if you line it up right that was 2009 yep okay the kings have not been to the playoffs since 2007 Mm -hmm. here's my theory the monarch lady Maleficent butterfly lady died and is haunting them, is literally haunting them. And until you bring back the monarchs, the I Kings are this. going to continue to lose and never make the playoffs. If you want to make it right, have a seance, ask for forgiveness, find the Maloofs, make them pay for this. I'm not suggesting <laughs> mm-hmm. violence, but I am suggesting extortion. If they have any money left, they're probably broke. (laughs) Yeah, who knows? I love this theory, especially because they're talking about bringing the Monarchs back. The Sacramento is in the conversation with WNBA commissioner Kathy Ingelbert when she's riddling off all these cities. Sacramento is in there because they have the new Golden One Arena. The owner is like, let's bring the Monarchs back. Let's do it. I would love that. I think it would be hilarious is when they come back, the Kings go to the playoffs that same year. I would do anything. would live for that. That would be amazing. I don't care about the Kings, but just to prove that the Monarchs were the inferior team. They were better. They were amazing. I love that. Okay, so I finally let myself Google the what was going to be a spoiler alert. Maloof Brothers broke, and... Yeah, 
they there's multiple articles why the NBA must part ways with the Maloofs. I guess I just didn't pay attention to the fact that they owned the Kings before because I really am unfamiliar with this name. Um, yeah. Whatever that says about me. <laughs> Nothing. I In didn't go down that rabbit hole, but they're, they were – no one liked them. Yeah, and they – oh, the brothers had a disagreement. They're mm-hmm. broke. But they did bet in 2017, let's see, $880,000 on Mayweather winning. So that's good. Um, (laughs) Oh, they owned the Palms and they lost Mm -hmm. it. Oh, Oh. there you go. There's a Reddit thread that said, why does everyone hate the Maloofs? Serious question. They're pretty unanimously despised around the subreddit and other choice corners of the internet, but I know very little about them. Did I write this? I'd be upset if the owners tried to relocate my hometown (laughs) team, but the hatred here obviously goes deeper than that. Where do I start? Wow, there's a lot of caps in this answer. There's also, this is like so long. Yeah, I can't. That's like a part part two of the... True crime story of the Malou. I don't know. Let me make sure that they're still alive before I say what I'm going to say next. I think so. Click on their Wikipedia real quick. While you're doing that, one thing I did search was like what happens after a team folds? Like where do the players go? I feel like I, Mm. I, I knew kind of what happens, but you know, after a team folds, they kind of have to sprinkle the rest of the players throughout the league. And on December 14th, 2009, so just a week later, all this is happening so fast. You don't, you're on the team. You don't know where you're going to play next season. You don't know if you're going to get picked up. But there was a dispersal draft. And what happens is the 12 remaining teams had the opportunity to pick their respective rosters by selecting uh, a player. Teams made their selection in inverse order of their regular season finish in 2009. So New York Liberty was the first pick. Minnesota, Connecticut round out the top three. Teams were able to choose any player on the Monarchs roster at the conclusion of the 2009 season, including restricted free agents, but unrestricted free agents weren't eligible. Um, and teams also had an option to pass, which I felt was like, oh, <laughs> that could be so hard. When sure you're like, I don't want none of you. I'm thinking like dodgeball line or pickup basketball. You're just picking who you want on your team and they're just going to be a part of your team now. Especially because there's so few teams in the W for a team to pass. <laughs> you're like, you don't want our seventh best player. This, is, this was our seventh best player and you oh. want to pass. That would hurt. That is so tough. That's tough. And some players, I'm sure, were out of the league after the the W folded. You know, if you get passed on, if you go and you just make it to training camp and you thought, man, my future with the Monarchs are going to be great. I really worked out my role here. And then now all of that is kind of gone. And it's up to another coach, another organization that you didn't really have a choice to go to. Um, and then they just kept playing and then like the season starts and the draft order and, and this happened, like you said, Haley, over and over again with so many of the teams in the W and I hope now we're to a point where we're expanding and then we have to do an expansion draft, which means there are more players and all the players that were waived or close to being on a WNBA team can now be faces of new franchises Sacramento, Sacramento's trying to be in the mix. The Oakland is trying to be in the mix for an expansion team. I think NorCal in general just needs a women's basketball team. It's unrealistic to say if I was nine-year-old, you know, nine-year-old Jordan, we can't go see a WNBA game unless we drive eight hours to L.A. or buy a flight. Like, that just really is a barrier for so many people. And I think about... LeBron playing at the Drew and how it was standing room only because some of those kids will never be able to experience a Laker game and go into crypto.com arena and pay that ticket and pay the price to get there. 
The Drew was free. It was accessible. Um, Arco Arena, the, chi- the tickets were so cheap. They were like $5, and I got to witness my idols in person. And that had a huge impact on me wanting to play professionally at one point, me want- loving basketball, and now me covering the WNBA. That was because the Monarchs were in Sacramento. Bring back the Monarchs. Bring, Bring back the Monarchs. Same well, thank logo, you, same Jordan. Color, same everything. I, it thank has you, to Jordan, be the same for this logo. history lesson. You're welcome. I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, go find the blues. I was pissed writing this. I was like, God damn it. There's no reason for this to be what it was. And we were all so sad. But if they come back, man, I will, I will be a Monarchs fan again. Easy. 